0: Hi, my friends, and welcome to Birthing into the Great Unknown. I'm your host, Stacey Berry, and this is where we are going to redefine pregnancy, birth, parenting, and ultimately ourselves. This podcast is dedicated to those that wish to leave behind overwhelming anxiety and choose to create action and agency in their lives. For what we birth after we give birth can be the most powerful part of our journey. Let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. I'm super excited to have Emily Wilcox with me this week. She kind of uh, is really a true testament to the reason why we do this podcast because oftentimes, you know, when our babies arrive, we have to become even more creative. We have to become even more emboldened in our own self care so that we can be the best for our children. And oftentimes, when our identity changes. We have to recreate a lifestyle, um, our 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 livelihood, and see you know what is to come. And so Emily's story is a really big um, marker of that. And how when her babies came to her, you know, a new career came, a new lifestyle came, and abundance in ways that seem weren't even a possibility before. So, Emily, I'd love to hear, you know, your story, what you're all about, and what you learned.
1: Yeah, Stacey, thanks so much for having me. So, I'm now co-founder and CEO of two seven-figure businesses, um, neither of which existed before I became a mother. Um, each business was launched really on a maternity leave.
0: And so we
1: can not that you had your hands full at all. Exactly. So it's laughable. Um, I, I honestly, looking back on it, I'm like, how did I do that? Why did we think that was a good idea? But, um, it really has changed my life in so many crazy ways. And, you know, my children are five and a half and two and a half now. And so it really hasn't been that much time. So Mm -hmm. fast forward five and a half years ago, and I was working in corporate America. You know, I had a $150,000 a year job. Which is pretty good, that's fantastic. And that was good, I didn't have to work that hard, I had great benefits, I had the company car and the 401k and like all the things. And I didn't see myself doing anything differently. Right. I in fact I felt like that career was actually really made for motherhood. I saw so many people that picked up their kids every day, dropped their kids off at school every day, like the work-life balance was pretty good and so I thought like this is going to be a great industry for me to be in and be a mother and raise my kids
0: until it wasn't. <laughs> so so tell me more about that shift because I think that as Expecting mothers, we run through those scenarios, right? We run through, okay, how's how's life going to look after baby comes, and oftentimes, you know, through our early, you know, late teens, early twenties, we're preparing for that career. Many of us, yeah. um, and so we get the career, and we're there, and then we envision the next step. Okay, what does this look like with children? And so I know there probably was a lot of intention and planning into that. And so tell me where you landed and where, what, like how the shift took place after post, you know, birth, postpartum, and you're in the space of not wanting or needing or go, you know, what was that like for you? The click of maybe I don't go back.
1: Yeah. So I definitely was very career oriented, mm-hmm. um, the vocabulary I would use now is Mm -hmm. that I was very much in my masculine energy. I didn't have that vocabulary then, but, Mm -hmm. um, I was type a in my life. Right. Mm -hmm. So I had it all planned out, figured out. I was performing very well at my company. I understood the corporate game. Like all of that was, was going fine. Um, you know, we planned the pregnancy. we, Planned out what we wanted the birth to look like, all of that, and and I think one of the first lessons that you learn as a mother is surrender.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because I had to surrender to the timing of when my babe decided to come. Yep. So she was ten days late. Um, ten which, days on time. That's right. So <laughs> those ten days felt longer than the whole pregnancy. I know. You know. I, know. I was like sobbing in the midwife's office, like, I feel like she's never gonna come. I know. And in California, if you go two weeks past your due date, then you can't, you can't have a home birth anymore. Right. So here we've been planning for this home birth the whole time. And I'm like, my baby's never gonna come. She's just not gonna come out. And then we're gonna have to go to the hospital and get Pitocin, like all this crap I didn't want to do. Um, And of course, she came and she came in her timing but again it's like surrender and then you talk about the birth process holy smokes like surrendering to our bodies right and to our baby and to like what needs to happen um that you are really not in control of right right and so i suppose it's only natural that then the surrendering continues right we have
0: we have our plan, we lucky lucky, totally changes. Yeah. I know, I know. And it's one of the reasons why I love this space. I'm a birth worker, and uh, I talk a lot in my childbirth classes about how um, the biggest thing and the biggest lessons, and if you don't learn it, you'll have plenty of opportunities to, yeah. but, <laughs> but the biggest lesson is to release control. And there's a lot of freedom in that that I don't think we realize because it seems very scary, you know, especially... Um, when we're walking into giving birth and the possibility of changing providers and those types of things, you Mm -hmm. know, because my first was 10 days late and that's average. Yeah. Average women give birth 41 in three days. You know what I mean? And so those need to be the markers that we talk about more, you know, to make that normal because you do end up playing that game right? Yeah. Even for women are going to the hospital who want a spontaneous labor. It's always, it's usually 42, I believe everywhere, you know, where we have to start having a baby. And so that is the biggest lesson. And then you walk into birth, which if you don't surrender, you hold on to baby, which makes labor harder, you know? Um, So, so it is that space of, you know, you truly have to understand that we ultimately aren't in control And look at the beautiful trust we can create with our bodies and nature and being human. You know, there's so many gifts in that space. Yeah. So, so after you, so you get to have your home birth. And so you go through that kind of relief and then here you are with a, with a brand new baby. And then tell me how the surrendering keeps happening.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So I had always you know, planned on going back and being a working mother. Mm -hmm. Um, I, the idea of being a stay-at-home mom never had any appeal to me. And so um, that just wasn't even on the table or a question. Um, My husband actually like quit his job. I think my daughter was like a week old. Oh my gosh. And he was already somewhat unhappy, but then it felt like he didn't even get like a week paternity leave mm. because there was just this pressure and them asking him for things and deliverables. And so it was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. So here was this big change. And so um, the other thing that happened on my maternity leave perhaps in conjunction was my husband really wanted us to um start an amazon business kind of a side hustle but it's he had a ton of experience in product development um he was the job that he quit he helped that company go from 300,000 to 30 million on amazon like wow. just see this tremendous success he was in all of these insider meetings with amazon executives and he's like baby the baby category on Amazon that's where it's at like we should launch some baby clothing let's just do this you're home you've got the time um and at first I really resisted I'm like yes I'm home because I'm caring for a newborn like Mm -hmm. this time is a new responsibility as it is Yeah. yeah um but ultimately I acquiesced and said like okay you know we can try this um and so we just had just a little fledgling of a new little baby business, a little baby side hustle going um, at that time, by the time that I went back, because I think I was off for 11 weeks. And um, when I went back, it was very rocky and I had not anticipated that. Right. Um, I all of a sudden what I was doing in my career felt really minuscule That's and I was like, interesting what am I? I know yeah. I was like what am I doing like I was driving around all day with you know breast pumps attached to me knowing that someone else was feeding my baby and the whole thing just felt weird um and then this is a little bit of a longer story. So maybe I can just sh- shorten it, but um, I had earned a president's club trip, which is like, you know, if you're in the top, whatever, like top 10% of sales and it's supposed to be this reward trip and you you get to bring a guest and you know, it's this whole thing. And so the timing landed where it was like that trip was basically like right after my maternity leave mm. and the company, you know, I, this is like a, you know fortune 500 company very very large company um so they had a whole policy on what breastfeeding mothers can do and they can bring their babies to meetings and all of these kinds of things and so of course we brought my daughter like i wasn't going to leave her <laughs> you know she's 12 weeks old um but we got there and found out that although the policy said that she could be there she actually wasn't allowed to be at any of the events which included like the buffet breakfast so everything's supposed to be included and Mm -hmm. here we can't even eat breakfast interesting because my daughter is there and I just thought like this is crazy and if this is this company's values like I want nothing to do with it
0: it's interesting because I think that oftentimes we're put in certain situations that really make us question if we can stay with that space. You know what I yeah. mean? And it can be anything. This just happened to be a trip, which I'm sure had you not been newly postpartum, it would have been wonderful, right? Yeah. I'm sure any other person at your company would have been totally elated to be able to go on this trip and participate in, you know, all of the events. And then here you are in a brand new space. And I think the hard part, we don't talk about this enough, is that when our children come to us, our total identity changes. It isn't just that we have a baby and we add the baby to our schedule. We emotionally change. They're now learning that our DNA changes, you know? And so we don't talk about that space enough, how how even though we've planned for um childcare you know time to pump we know we can do all the things emotionally yeah. it it feels it feels so much different than we yeah. even had expected you know and then it's so eye opening to be sent to this um you know conference and to be told yes, you can bring the baby and you're welcome to do all these things. We want to support you as a new mom. And then for that to be um, a different expectation. Yeah. And then I think, you know, it really is like, well, how do we integrate our new life? Like what is, yeah. what is our new life as a family look like? And I think that the one reason why your story is so important is because all of us go through this. Yeah. You know, all of us go through these things, and the hard part, I think, for us as women is we bear the burden of it, Um, and oftentimes that means that we don't participate, or we don't get the promotion we've been working our entire lives for, or our we have a huge career setback because we've decided to take time off. You know, and so we do have to become creative, and so I love the fact that you were given kind of this um, moment of clarity. Right. right, And oftentimes we can feel um, like we're dragging that, that life and that we'll just stick with it because it's what we've got. And it's supposed to be good enough, right? It's supposed yeah. to be ticking all the boxes. Um, but inside, it's not fulfilling. It is, it is not right. It doesn't fit. And so I love the fact that you, you listened. Hmm. Yeah, it, it is
1: just to go back to a few of the things that you said, it, one of the most surprising things for me, and I agree that, that it's a pretty universal thing Mm -hmm. is the change in your internal values. Right. And what you don't necessarily expect is like, oh, like, I don't want to play this game anymore. Yeah. That's not interesting to me anymore. I don't care about that success in the way that I did before. And it's like, it's very disorienting
0: because
1: it's the way that you've lived up until that point. And then to have, I really felt like it was like the veil was lifted. Right. And I could see, as you said, all of these ways that corporate America has been built for men. Right. And therefore, women don't get the promotions, don't get the whatever, or Mm -hmm. have to choose not to pursue that because Mm -hmm. it doesn't fit with the type of family life that they're trying to create. Mm -hmm. And so in my example, I was pretty quickly in that situation labeled an HR issue
0: Mm
1: -hmm. when three months ago, I was being rewarded as a top performer in the the company. Right.
0: And none of that feels good because, I mean, for me, I had a similar experience where I was, um, entrenched in, in academics and I thought I was going to be a professor and go on for my PhD. And then once I had my children's, my children's, uh, (laughs) Once I had my firstborn, my, like your, your brain doesn't work in the same way. You know, they talk about pregnancy brain and it's like, no, that's, that's postpartum brain. It's motherhood brain. It is literally, you have so many things to take care of that you have to get very clear with what your priorities are fast. Yeah. Right. And so it really becomes like, I've been dreaming my whole life for what, what is now in an instant doesn't, yeah. doesn't feel right. You know, it doesn't have the same meaning. Um, I could, you know, and that it really is hard and challenging and it really is an yeah. identity crisis.
1: Yeah. 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 And going back to this theme of surrender, like the masculine way is like, okay, well, what am I going to do about it? What am I going to do next? And what's the plan? And how do I did, did, which I totally did. Right. But For some of us who have operated in that way, I think becoming mothers opens up this new channel of feminine energy. And the feminine way is to surrender to what's happening, to not be in resistance to it, to flow with it, to say, okay, I see that my life is going in a different direction. I don't know how that's going to unfold or what that's going to mean. But I'm willing to listen, mm-hmm. and I'm willing to follow that energy, and I'm open to exploring
0: yeah, and I think that we also in at least in what we've been shown and the models that are you know in place is uh, very fast, it's driven, it's promotion, it's the next step it's you know um, um, fast, fast, fast. Oh, that's my brain's blanking out. All I can think of is fast. And and really, you know, uh, when we talk about birth and feminine energy, I mean, that's the ultimate feminine energy is birthing creation, right? And it's slow. Yeah. We have to be patient, right? I mean, even like the 10 days late, as we say, 10 days on time, I always like to remind us, (laughs) but you know, it is, we have to be patient and we have to... Um, be aware, and because in order to be aw- the only way we can listen is if we're aware, right? So we have to not be thinking of the next step and and trust that the next step's gonna show itself. Yeah, yeah, I think, and which is hard. All of that is very hard because yeah. we live and we're grown up. You know, even school. School is all about um, getting A's, right? And it's all about the next assignment, and um, it is this fast paced. Uh, what's next um, type of mentality that when we, you're thrown into birthing and parenthood and motherhood, it, it, there's this slowing down. There's a pause, you know, that we don't, I think, nurture and we don't um, value. Yeah, We don't value that. Yeah. And look at the amazing things that come from that. Yeah. So, so take me back to, you're at this conference and you're realizing that, um, you're now becoming the problem because you have a child and yep. HR, you know, you said you became an HR issue. So tell me what happens next from there. Where do you take this big leap? Cause that's a huge leap for both of you right after having a baby to step away from your jobs and career.
1: Yeah. So it actually took me three years. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Because it wasn't realistic right it was not it was not realistic, mm-hmm. like you know, we live in Southern California, our mortgage at the time was twenty six hundred then you've got the daycare on top of that, right. whatever and right. and my husband quit his job right and starts doing starts doing this entrepreneurial stuff, which is great, but it's like what we can't both do that right. um, and so for me, it was more like a seed was planted. Okay. I did feel. I really did feel like the baby brought abundance and hope and possibility and just this, this new way of doing things. And so, um, for me, it was like, I became crystal clear that by the time we had our second, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I wasn't going to go back. And I kind of used that time Mm -hmm. in between to, you know, restructure my life. I essentially did the bare minimum in my career for those next three years, which laughably was plenty. Like I was still like getting these awards and stuff and internally felt like very sheepish about that. Cause I'm like, if you knew how little I was doing, you would be mortified. Um, but I just felt like, you know, this is, this is what needs to be done. Right. And I'm doing this from the
0: energy. Yes. Yeah.
1: And so I'm just, I'm going to make the best of this while, while I need to be in corporate America and I'm using it to fund
0: my dream, your next adventure. Yeah, that's right.
1: And so during that time, you know, our, our baby clothing business really took off. It grew a lot. and you know, we sold over a million dollars in baby onesies, Amazing. which sounds very impressive. And maybe I am trying to, to make you impressed by saying that, but also what I want you to know is that when a business grows that fast, the amount of money that's actually in your bank account, is minimal because it's really all being invested back back into the growth of the company. And so,
0: and that's um, a huge accomplishment though. I mean, I feel it's always interesting to me as women, when we achieve something, we then apologize for it.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm not trying Mm -hmm. to brag.
0: It's like brag away. That's astounding. (laughs) It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it was, you know, it felt very promising Uh and my thought at the time was like, okay, we're going to grow Fayfair big enough to where when we're ready for baby number two, Mm -hmm. I won't go back. And Mm -hmm. that'll just be our family source of income. And so we were working with mentors on what that number needed to be and trying to figure it all out. Um, and, and the truth was when I was pregnant with my son, the business wasn't big enough yet. Like it was, it was sizable, it was helping our family income, but it wasn't enough to be a dual income. Mm-hmm. And so one of our mentors sat us down and said, you know, you guys know so much about selling on Amazon. You're like our go-to people, we refer people to you with all, the, all their questions you know, you guys should be doing something with this. Like that's a business in and of itself. And we thought, you're right. <laughs> Hadn't considered that. And so when I went out on maternity leave um, with my son, which this time I did the four weeks in advance of the birth, because I was <laughs> like, get me
0: out of corporate We always do that. I know. Oh, Isn't that funny? Yet. The first one we work up until the day we feel like, you know, contractions. And then the second one, we're like, I'm out. I know. Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
1: So on this second maternity leave is when we launched Elevate, which is our Amazon sales agency and where we help clients grow their sales on Amazon.
0: Wow.
1: And with those, with the two businesses together, um, that was enough. Yeah. And so that was the the close of my chapter in corporate America and me fully stepping into the identity as an entrepreneur and you know both businesses do really well and I work 20 hours a week.
0: Mhm. Congratulations. Yeah.
1: Thank and you. I think
0: that's the beauty in all of this too. I think that we don't understand that Um, And, and even though I speak about birth and childbirth and parenthood, it can be the birth of anything, right? Because we, we, um, I think we forget how we create constantly thoughts are creation, you know? And so. We have this huge ability, and like you said, it's ability for abundance, you know. And and oftentimes, the catalyst is our children because we do have an identity um, not necessarily crisis, but we have an identity call, right? And so, for you and for many of us, it becomes, you know, how do we create something different and look at all that you created when your children came to you? And I think that's the beauty and the opportunity we have is. You know, how do we want to live as a family? What can we do to to make our lifestyle work for us? You know, and for some people, it is it is you know um, staying in the corporate. Corporate America. Yeah. For some women, it will be that. And then also figuring out you know, how, to, how to have work and life balance. And there are tons of corporations that are now incorporating daycares and you know, having ways in which we can see our children and, and we feel more fulfilled in that space too. And then there yeah. are many of us as well that are like, I have to create something different Right. My right. story is very similar with yours where my first, I was, I thought that I was going to be a college professor and my husband was actually going to stay home and take care of the kids. And then when the, when my first one showed up, I was emotionally, I was like, I can't do this, yeah. you know, and I didn't realize, I didn't realize what would be stirred up. And yeah. for me, there was actually a lot of issues from my own childhood that as a mother who wasn't home um mm. i i couldn't i realized that because i was a latchkey child my father died when i was very young i didn't want to do that i wanted to be yeah. home and i didn't think i wanted to be a stay at home mom and i have yeah. a, i have i mean i started and created a business so that i could be home yeah. and i did that very much like you Where when the second one came for me it was okay i have a couple of years to figure out how we're going to do this and then when the second one came i I left my previous job at a university, you know, yeah. so it resonates with me because you have to become creative yeah. in order to um live authentically, yeah, yeah, and for some people, like I said, this isn't you know a podcast about quitting your job after <laughs> babies come right right um you know, but it is about the nuance of change. And how even if you keep that job, there will be change and it is okay to say this doesn't work and it's okay to say or go to your, you know, your um, higher ups and say, you know, please help me make this work, you know. And so I love the fact that you kept focusing also on abundance and how Mm -hmm. when your children came to you, you saw nothing but abundance. So tell me more Mm -hmm. about that, that mind, that mindset, because oftentimes we feel depleted. When our mm. children come to us, mm-hmm. so how did you keep that abundance mindset? Where does it come from? You know, I've had a
1: spiritual practice since I was sixteen, mm-hmm. so I can really tap in and and you know feel connection to source, um, and you know that was often compartmentalized. Mm -hmm. There was, Mm -hmm. you know, my spiritual aspect of myself or my life. And then there was business and there was these other things. Um, But I definitely felt so close to divine mother um, when I became a mother. And so I, I don't, I don't feel like I consciously had to reframe or think about abundance. It really was just a feeling. I mean, it was like of wonder and awe. Yeah. You know, like, are you kidding me? Here's this gorgeous human baby. She came out of my body Yeah. and I'm feeding her. Like there's plenty of milk, Right. right? Like I just could see all of the abundance. And was it hard? Of course it's hard. Of course it's hard you know and with my son jude like he had a tongue tie and a lip tie so he had a hard time breastfeeding was super hard for a while and he was colicky and i was taking conference calls while he was asleep in the carrier on my chest so it's it's not that there's some mindset that you can adopt that just like erases the fact that you're taking care of a newborn and makes it easy like it's still difficult but it just I just felt this predominant energy of abundance and that creative energy Mm -hmm. that that brought this life into being and it just put me in like a high frequency state, I guess, where I was just more receptive to it. And I just felt this prevailing feeling of like, everything's going to be okay. And we'll, we'll figure this all out.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's super important. And I think that's the hard part often, especially where we are now, you know, um, in the pandemic is that we, we live in a society that I think is very disconnected from that. And Mm. if, you know, we are watching the news and absorbing even social media, we can feel very much at a lack, you know? So I think that it is important, you know, to have some sort of grounding ritual um, or practice rather, whatever that is, you know, Um, it can be religious, it can be spiritual, it can be um, emotional, it can be exercise, it can be you know snuggling i mean it can be a multitude yeah. of things but uh, you know i think that it's so important to be able to connect to the larger perspective right yeah and for many of us i i know that the, the you know working with women in this space when our children come to us and we're sleep deprived and you know, our bodies ache and we have challenges. It's really hard to stay there. So I love the fact that, you know, you talk about your connectedness to source because energy is abundant, right? Yeah. And if we just realize that we're not alone and that, um, um, and, and again, you know, surrendering, it goes back to yeah you know, the theme of this sort of, um, talk is that we need to surrender to the process and surrender to the fatigue, surrender, you know, to the challenge. Um, I think when we, we fight where we are, it's, you know, obviously it's always going to be harder
1: when we resist it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so,
1: yeah. And I would just say too, you know, working with a doula, Working with midwives, it's not the only way, of course, Mm -hmm. but it is such – I feel like it was so important because it was that feminine support system that is so needed and can be really hard to get in the way that our modern society is structured. Mm -hmm. And I'm so thankful because my midwife was able to model what it looked like to ask for support Mm -hmm. and help me to receive and really set different expectations for me than the messages that we get from society. And so she really helped normalize like, oh no, you should still be in bed. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to see you walking around your house. Right. Even if you think it's okay. Like, and this is a time for you to receive support. So Mm -hmm. Jeff, can you make sure that Emily has this, this, and this? My mom, you know, grandma, can you make sure that Emily has this, this, and this? And so really showing other people how to help me, Mm -hmm. showing me that I needed to receive that help and showing me how to ask for it was so valuable. And how do we learn that? I know. How do we learn that if we don't have midwives and doulas and we don't have women that are modeling it for us?
0: Yeah. And and I hear you. I know. I think one of the reasons why I do the work that I do is um, I personally feel that, you know, we need to bring the feminine back into the birthing space that oftentimes women are either, you know, have a unsatisfactory birth or they don't feel supported or we go we have such high levels of anxiety and postpartum depression is because we aren't honoring this process And it takes place behind closed doors. You know, we don't invite the feminine into this space. And I wholeheartedly agree with that. Uh, You know, when when we talk about the feminine, it's about patience. It's about uh, surrendering. It's about um, listening. It's about tuning in, right? It's not about one after the next, you know, get the baby in, get the baby out, you know, hospital. It, It is a different very much masculine space, which we don't realize. And I'm, I had babies in the hospital. I'm not saying I, I help women in hospital majority of the time. And yeah. it, and there is something to inviting um, feminine energy into that space, which yeah. changes how we take care of ourselves, I think as women, definitely. Um, and that's what, you know, our work is all about because we don't put those things in place unless somebody tells us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, and I often, in my childbirth classes, I always talk about how as women, type A women, we need to receive what people give us. It's time for us to receive. We need to let our partners help us, right? We need to ask for help during this time. Yeah. That's a huge lesson. Yeah. A huge lesson. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And one of the greatest acts of rebellion can be not playing into the structures that exist. So not trying to have the birth photo where your makeup looks perfect. <laughs> like, fuck that. Sorry. I don't know if I can swear on your podcast, but like that's, that's not real. We should, we should reject that I know as the goal. We should reject the goal of being out for a walk, pushing a stroller on day three. I know. That is not the goal. I know. And it's an act of rebellion to say, we don't care if other people want to praise us for how beautiful we looked while we gave birth. We're, that's not what we're interested in here. And that's not, that's not how we're going to praise the women in our lives. Yeah, yeah. And
0: just totally
1: changing the value system around motherhood and postpartum.
0: I agree with you. I completely 100% agree with you. Um, in our classes, I have a huge postpartum component. And I talk about how you, know, you have a wound inside your uterus the size of a placenta that you can't see. So you don't even know yeah. if it's healing or not. You know, um, and we also talk about, I think we live in this society where like, you know, the celebrity that just gave birth is four weeks postpartum in heels in the white, in the black dress on, you know, um, Conan O'Brien or whomever late night people are. I can't remember anymore because I don't watch late night television, but you know what I mean? Like we we live in this celebrity obsessed society and Instagram perfect world where, which just isn't real and doesn't doesn't feel good, you know, when we're playing the game and we know intrinsically that it's not serving us, you know, so we do need mothers. We need to have these conversations where you, you don't need to worry about what you look like on Instagram because that's not even a real world. Right. You know, it's one of the reasons why as a birth um, company, we, we, we rarely, if ever, um, post stories we don't talk about birth stories on, this isn't a birth story podcast because every birth story is different and you're not going to learn from somebody else's birth story because yours will be intrinsically different and feel different, you know? Um, And that's an intimate personal thing. So for me, it's, what did you, what came of that? How did it change you? How did you feel? Those are the things we need to share, right? We need to share how birth changed us. So that yeah. all of us can embrace and surrender to that change, yeah. because a lot of people don't like change.
1: Well, no, I mean our, our brains are really hardwired against it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean that's not totally true. Obviously, there's neuroplasticity, and our brains have the capacity to change. But we, you like know, habits. the reptilian. Yeah, I mean the yeah. reptilian part of our brain is like anything that's different is a threat to our safety and therefore we need to very quickly remedy and get things back to same, same. And it's like you become a mother and your, your homeostasis that existed before that baby came Mm -hmm. is it's just not there anymore. It's gone. Yeah. It's gone in an instant and there is a new, normal. Yeah. And And, yeah, of course we, we don't like
0: change. Like that's a lot. It's a lot of
1: change. I I love
0: change. I'm a big change. Like I get criticized about how many homes I've lived in, like change. I love and embrace and change feels good to me when things stay too much the same, I get nervous. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's probably a trauma response in myself. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) Um, but i hear you and that's a big thing that i end up talking about to many people in my life is accepting change change yeah. is inevitable it's happening all the time you know yeah. we aren't that we aren't who we were when we were 7 so why do we expect to be the same person we were in our early 30s that we are in our late 30s yeah. you know and and isn't that a beautiful thing that we get to change yeah You know,
1: it really is. And, you know, when you talked about something being a trauma response, it made me think, you know, that's the other piece that doesn't get talked about that much is how much childbirth and becoming a parent can brings up your own childhood traumas. Oh, totally. And so that's just another layer of what's happening right yeah Is your identity has changed you've got a tiny human that's completely reliant on you for survival your body is different your body's healing all this is happening and then you may also be feeling really triggered right based on whatever happened in your childhood -hmm. And how that's coming up for you? And that happened more for my husband than it did than it did for me. But how interesting, you Mm -hmm. know? And I know that that happens for a lot of women. And Mm -hmm. I know from my midwife that, um, that if you've been, you know, if you're a survivor of sexual assault, that that can come up even in the birth process. Totally, you know.
0: Yep. Yeah, and I and again, it's one of the reasons why I started the podcast and do the work that I do because I think birth is tremendously healing. Um, for me, a lot of childbirth trauma was triggered and, um, we do talk about it on other podcasts, how you heal your, your baby wounds yeah. when you become a parent, you know, cause you have yeah. to either decide that you're going to constantly be triggered and you, then you're just going to be angry and upset, or you're going to decide I'm going to get, I'm going to heal this stuff. I'm going to yeah. actually, you know, walk the walk and be a better human because I'm raising humans and they're going to, yeah. they're going to model my behavior. You know, so, so there's, there's just so much in this space. There is, yeah,
1: there is. And I, and I hope that the people listening are also having these conversations with the women who aren't listening to a podcast Mm -hmm. like this, because that's how, that's how we really affect change. You know, your audience is obviously open to receiving this type of message because that's why you know, they're tuning in and they're listening right. to you and they've sought you out as an expert in your field. Um, but each listener probably knows ten other moms
0: mm-hmm.
1: that have never even considered it. Yeah. Not because they're not open to it, but just because they didn't think about that. Mm-hmm. And so having these conversations in advance, like in an act of love. We don't need to overwhelm pregnant moms or mm-hmm. postpartum moms. Mm-hmm. But we can also ask questions like, you know, what's coming up for you? Yeah. And we can share. We can go first. You know, mm-hmm. I know when I had my child, it brought up some unresolved things that I felt about my parents and the way that they raised me. Has anything come up for you? Yeah. Like, how much better is that than... Wow, you look great. Are you
0: getting sleep? I know. Is the baby sleeping through the night yet? Yeah. No, we know you're not getting (laughs) sleep because you have a newborn. So we don't have to ask that question. I know. And I think that we're in an age where all this shift is happening, which I think is lovely. You know, and we did kind of talk about social media, and there's good and bad things because there are tons of great new shifts that are happening because of social media, right? There are some really real, real and raw um, Instagram um, accounts that show raw motherhood, you know, and so it is trying to find that balance. And I do agree with you that we are talking about this more. Um, you know, I do think that our system is failing women because again, more women are feeling anxiety and depression, especially during this pandemic. We've already seen statistics where, you know, um, depression is upticking. Isolation is, you know, soaring when it comes to our new moms who feel isolated, um, Even more so in their homes because you know new motherhood is isolating anyway. Yeah, you know, and so we have to be we have to find creative ways to take care of ourselves. We have to find tools to ground ourselves to connect back to abundance, right? Because this is only temporary, and this this moment will change for us. Um, We just have to stay, you know, like you said, in that high vibration of um, abundance. I went through a phase when I, my children were younger and it just seemed like the chores were endless and mm. I used to ta- I used to I used to constantly look at a sink full of dishes as abundance.
1: Mm. We have we have food mm-hmm. on our table.
0: We are, you know, constantly eating. I mean, that is abundance right there. I know? love
1: that. Yeah. What so a good reframe. With ourselves of starting to look at more as abundance, then we will mm-hmm. find more abundance in our lives.
0: Right. Right. I love that. Um, so tell us before we go, I want to hear about your baby brand. Cause I know that the clothes are super cute and they have funny sayings on them. So tell us where we can find you for a cute baby shower, um, gift.
1: Yeah. 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 Tell, so tell we primarily... also, what's
0: the mission behind that? I want to know the mission behind, um, you know, why you started that too. Yeah. So my daughter's name is Faye. So, we named the company after her,
1: Faye Hair. Um, and we do have a give back component to the company as well. So, mm. we, we donate onesies to um, families who've had a baby in the NICU. Mm. So, we partner with a great organization called Miracle Babies, and they do so much in the way of tangible support for families that have a baby that's in the NICU and, you know, you know, better than I, all of the, the support that's needed, both financial and emotional. And so we're a small part of it, but we, we designed a special onesie for them that says I'm a miracle and yeah. And it goes into this like goodie bag that those families get. Um, but really, you know, what I love about Fayfair is that the clothing, it's really often occasion-based. So people are buying something for a baby shower or as a baptism gift, or we've got shirts that are great for like first birthday, second birthday, third birthday. And so we're a part of these like really special memories mm-hmm. for families. And so we get tagged in all of these birthday pictures. And and as you know as a mom, like you start to remember your children based on photos. Mm-hmm. Like there are certain photos in your mind that you can think about like, oh, that was my child at age one, mm-hmm. right? And it goes into a book and that becomes, you know, a really important part of your memories mm-hmm. with, as a family and as your kids. And so for us to be a part of that is really such an honor. So, yeah, if anyone's interested in looking, just go on Amazon and type in Fayfair. It's F-A-Y-F-A-I-R-E.
0: And you can find our stuff. That's awesome. And we'll link it all in the description, too, um, of this podcast where we can find you and all that fun stuff. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your story because I know that, you know, like you said, these conversations are super important. And they can feel very vulnerable. You know, yeah. so I love the fact that you came on and were vulnerable and wanted to share because what we create after we give birth can be the greatest gift of all, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah.
1: Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me, Stacey. Yeah,
0: thank you. Thank you so much for joining us this week. I know that time is your most precious asset and it really means a lot that you have invested it here. Sending you resiliency, agency, and love. Until next time.